Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. And I'm Carrie. And we are Paranormal Chicks. Episode 231. And you might can tell that we sound a little different, differently, different, unsure. Anyway, uh, <laughs> but that's because someone may or may not have COVID in my house, and it ain't me. Fingers crossed you don't get it. Yeah, we are uh, trying to quarantine and do all the things so that we stay healthy for our Dallas meetup. Well, this week, because it's going to air, this will air Monday. So, yeah, we are trying to stay healthy so that we both are there and at our best. Yes. And so we can actually hug y'all. Look, it is Saturday and Sunday, but we have a meetup Saturday sometime at Bar Louie. It's in the Facebook group. If you want to meet us and you can't come to the show, we understand that. But if you want to come to the show, the podcast festival... I don't know why you keep saying show, but it's okay. I don't know. Like I said, the True Crime Podcast Festival is happening Saturday and Sunday. So we would love to see you there. I think there's going to be lots of podcasters there. We know one of our favorites, Brandon Schechneider from Southern Gothic is going to be there. Yes. And Donna's going to be sitting in a slippery chair too. (laughs) (laughs) You're not wrong about that. Well, you know what else I'm not wrong about? Patreoners! Ooh, ooh! Thank you so much, Kina T. from Illinois. Katie B. from Washington. Lenora B. from Louisiana. Ooh, Bailey E. from Missouri. Crystal H. from Illinois. And Georgia F. from Australia. Thank y'all so very much for joining Patreon. If you want an episode shout-out, or you want, well, not or, and... All those extra bonus episodes, one every single week. A thank you card with stickers and access and access to a live every single month with Donna and me. Head on over to patreon.com slash the APC podcast. That was a mouthful. That's what I say every Saturday night. <laughs> oh, <Lord>. <laughs> <laughs> I, something happened like in this universe where we're looking at each other on camera. We've like kind of switched roles a little. What is this? Right. Am I sitting in your chair on accident? <laughs> Is it wet? <laughs> Gross. Okay, maybe not. I mean, we didn't switch uh, roles. Her, no. her, okay, hang on. We're using, um, it's called Dialpad to do this. And Donna's name on it is Freaky Deaky Donna. I'm like, quit trying to make fetch happen. <laughs> no one says that. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Please, someone come to the podcast festival and say, yo, Freaky Deaky Donna. I'll be like, hmm? no, they're not. They couldn't see me. <laughs> Please, someone. <do> it. <laughs> I was like, I think they'd see you. <laughs> but you meant right then because you were On like the doing camera. a bit. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> Look, 
Okay, so it's really weird because I feel like we don't look straight on all the time. We never do. I can't stand looking at you like this. <laughs> God! <laughs> I mean, I love you. I like looking at you. But, like, this is given my, like, inner <laughs> neurodivergent, like, I need to look away. <laughs> I have something to say to you. Okay. I don't know why I had to say it so mean. But, all right, y'all. So, I had a facial for the first time ever well you know of like a legitimate facial not like my professional yeah not uh not my a Saturday night yeah <laughs> but I had one uh Carrie and Colby gave it to me last year on my birthday and I was like you know what before because I was saving it I don't who knows but I was like before we go to the true crime podcast festival I'm gonna get it done well let me tell you I had fat anxiety real bad that day. You had and I'm, fat anxiety, you said, right? Like F-A-T. Yeah, okay, okay. Yeah, F-A-T anxiety. Because it's in like a boutique kind of spa place. So it's just like downtown. All the rooms are small. You know, just everything is small. And I am large. So I was just like hot. It was super fucking hot that day. I was hot. So I'm like, oh, someone's going to touch my face and I'm all sweaty. Like, you know, whatever. And so finally I cooled down enough because I had to wait. And But like, I don't know. I was just like texting the girls and I was like, oh my God, is the table going to hold me? Is this going to happen? What am I going to do? You know, and it's just like, oh my God, fat anxiety is so real. And like, this is the equivalent of seeing one of those white plastic chairs. Like, is that going to hold me? Like, that was so like, but the table was plenty wide, plenty strong. Now, I don't know if it broke after I left, (laughs) but it was fine when I left. But oh my God, the lady had a heater going and a heated bed. She was like, I have the sheets all warm for you. I was like, oh, okay. I mean, it was nice getting into it. But then I was like, you know, if you don't mind, because she was like, is there anything else I can get for you? Because I think she had like a mask on me right then, you know? Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, if you don't mind, uh, you could turn off the bed warmer. And she was like, oh, okay. I was like, yeah, I run hot. (laughs) Yes. She was like, oh, well, let me turn off this heater too. Well, motherfucker, I thought that was just white noise. I didn't know it was actually a heater blowing. Yes. Like, I just thought it was like ambiance, like whatever. I was like, oh yeah, please. But I was like, oh, I am so, like my face had so much stuff on it anyway, like in the best way possible. It was so amazing. But I was just like, I felt, instead of being glowy, I was just like sweaty, Mm -hmm. you know? It was super nice, and if you ever wanted a facial, but you're like, oh my god, I'm too fat for that, is the table gonna hold me, whatever, I'm telling you, go do it. It will hold you, and they were so accommodating and everything, like, she did not make me feel fat at all. It was all in my head. I've had a few massages, which I can't get them. That makes me have two massages. I can't get them anymore because they make my back spasm and then it defeats the whole purpose. But the few times that I've gotten them, they would have those warmers on in the bed. And I'm like, you guys to turn this off. I'm about to die. Oh my gosh. Y'all, one time Carrie did get a massage and she was in the parking lot somewhere and she was like, I don't know if I can walk. I don't know what to do. Yeah, it was, it makes my back spasm so freaking bad from laying on those hard ass beds and they're supposed to be comfy, but no, they're fucking hard. And my back is 
no bueno. I guess I'm used to it if I'm on my stomach because that's how I sleep. But you don't. Mm -mm. Yeah, my back naturally arches. And so when you make me lay on my stomach for so long, it gets real tight. And then when you make me flip over onto my back, it's like I cannot like even when I go get my monthly waxings, I can't like I'm like, Oh, God, trying to get up off that bed because my back does not go flat like that. Well, she had a towel underneath my knees. And next time I'll tell her I also want a towel where my back arches, too, just because my like my belly's bigger. So it's going to arch more anyway. But uh, that's the only thing I needed. And then I'd be good. But I just didn't even feel like asking her for that because I was so hot and I just wanted to cool off. So it was like the idea of having to like maneuver the towel under me and stuff. I was like, nah, I'm good. I can lay here. But I will say she did a lymphatic massage on my face and like my shoulders and my hands and everything. I told the girls, you know, Carrie and Tiffany, that I was going to be like, oh, please do it harder because I like hard pressure. And no, she was doing that drainage and it felt so good because it was such hard pressure. Oh my God, amazing. But then at the end of this facial, I was like having to pee so bad. I was just like, do not pee, do not pee. Oh my gosh. But that lymphatic drainage thing is supposed to make you pee. And she was like, drink a lot of water. It'll flush away some toxins. I have never peed so much in my life after that. Like I was like, I'm still going. And I had to go to the doctor later and I had lost two pounds. Damn. Also question, when you do lymphatic, actual lymphatic drainage, you're actually not supposed to press hard. Not on your face. On She did it hard but, but on But like that. nowhere you're supposed to press hard for lymphatic drainage oh really like like true lymphatic drainage like someone has like lymphedema from like breast cancer or any type of trauma to their lymphatic system Mm. like you're not supposed to do you're not supposed to press hard so she wasn't doing like true lymphatic drainage yeah yeah she was doing the you know do you want to pay extra for this i didn't pay extra (laughs) for that but Well, your face may be feeling good from your facial, but my face is feeling good because of apostrophe. Well, you know, when I did go to my facial, she said that I really didn't have a lot of fine lines and wrinkles. And I was like, one, you're my best friend, Carrie who, because Melissa is her name and she is now my best friend. But also I told her I was using apostrophe and told her what they had prescribed me for it. And she was like, oh, that's A plus. Like those ingredients, they're working great. Well, what is apostrophe, you may ask? Well, it's an online platform that connects you with an expert dermatology team to get customized, unique skincare, including acne treatments, stuff for fine lines, stuff for rosacea, whatever your unique needs are, they can develop a plan just for you. And it's not only topical medications, you can do oral medications as well. All you have to do is fill out an online consultation about your skin goals and your medical history. You take a couple of selfies and then and a board-certified dermatologist will create your first customized treatment plan. And seriously, it doesn't matter what your skin goals are. It could be to reduce dark spots, improve the texture so your makeup looks better, or to treat acne. Like Carrie said, that is their bread and butter. And it could be acne anywhere on your body. Because we all know it is hot outside. And we sweating. And when you sweat in certain places, you get some acne. 
butt knee, back knee, chest knee, all the knees. And apostrophe can help you treat those. Have you ever had acne on your knee? No. You? <laughs> no. You just said all the knees. And so I was like, huh, I don't know about it there. But here's the thing, too, is that it comes in such cute little package. Like it comes with stickers so that you can personalize it. So I put AM and PM on mine so that I knew which one I wanted to use when. Because it tells me to. Because that's the thing is that because you fill out the questionnaire for your consultation, you get what works for you. And so my program is different from Donna's and it's going to be different from everybody else's because it's tailored just for me. And the best part is you didn't have to go and wait in a line at the pharmacy. You didn't have to go sit in a waiting room at your dermatologist's office. There was no trying to figure out what the heck do you actually need because this is a dermatology crafted plan just for you from the comfort of your own home. Yes, it takes the guesswork out of your skincare regimen. So get your first visit for only $5 at apostrophe.com slash creep when you use our promo code creep that's a savings of $15 so again go to apostrophe.com slash creep click begin visit and then use our code creep at the sign up and again it's only $5 for your first visit so let me just preface this with I'm probably gonna piss some people off today I just feel it I just feel it because this is something that I'm so so very passionate about okay but this story came as a recommendation from kathy joe in the facebook group thanks kathy joe (laughs) (laughs) my papers are jacked though because it was pouring rain when i you know had them oh my gosh y'all i know i'm a fatty when it's an actual monsoon (laughs) going on outside and it's like boom 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 like the whole house is shaking And I'm like, but I'm real hungry. Okay, Marley, to the salon. (laughs) (laughs) AKA McDonald's. (laughs) Yes. And we, I was driving 25, sometimes 30, all the way till I got to about your house. And then it slacked up. And I was like, okay, let's go. But I was like, well, this is real sketch right now. Well, Jax hates the weather like that. And so I was talking to Colby on my way home and it would be like doo doo doom outside and you'd hear Jax lose his shit barking at the thunder. <laughs> no, Marley wanted her head outside the entire time. And I'm like, I mean, I love that you don't mind the weather. But good God, you make me feel like a bad dog parent because she's just like looking longingly out the thing. Yes. I'm like, it's pouring. <laughs> okay, this is the story of Edward Greenwich. So Edward was born sometime in like 1966. We don't know many details because he probably doesn't have a birth certificate because he was born to an Amish family. Oh, shit. <laughs> Well, now I know where it's going. (laughs) Dumpster fire party of two. (laughs) So let me just say that there were a couple of things that I really used for my sources on this. So there's this one podcaster. Her name's Nikki Young, and she's called The Serial Napper, which I thought was so cute. Um, I mean, like totally goes with this, but she has this really great website of her like stories that was super helpful, gave a ton of information. But also this was an episode on Deadly Devotion. It was season one, episode one. So a lot of the background came from that too. It seems like he goes by Ed or Edward, Eddie, all the Eds. So I'm gonna call him Ed. It seems as though Ed's family was one of the first 
settlers of this Amish community. They are from the Brown Hill Amish community in Pennsylvania, which is pretty close to Erie. I did listen to um, a couple of podcasts about this. One of the podcasts was called Killer Stories, and they said that Ed's family came from Ontario and settled into Brown Hill's community because they had this huge dairy farm and that they didn't have the same regulations on the dairy farms in Pennsylvania as they did in Ontario. So I don't know, like not they could get away with more, but it was a little easier for them as the farmers because there wasn't so many regulations. But of course, he came from a very, very large family because he's Amish. You know, they don't, there's no birth control, that kind of thing. And you need, mm-hmm. you need kids to be able to farm the land. You, know, you need worker bees. So let's just talk a little bit about the Amish because a lot of people don't know anything about them. So the Amish is its own kind of subculture of um, people who isolate themselves in order to be closer to God kind of thing. So they limit things from the outside world that include phones, electricity, even like cars, anything that is more secular. They kind of do everything by hand because they say that the, um, like again, like the electricity, cars, all of those machines to help you do things are of the devil and that it's better to kind of do all this stuff by hand because it's what keeps you worshiping and closer to God. They dress very plainly. Every Amish community has their own rules that they abide by. So some are a little more traditional. Some allow a a few more modern things. Like some will allow telephones in their barns, but they can't be in their house. Um, Whereas Mm -hmm. some are like, no phones at all. And a lot of times the Amish are confused with Mennonites who, which we're not even, I'm not going to get into a lot to that, but Mennonites are like allowed to drive cars and have electricity, all of this. Um, A lot of Amish don't even have like running water and plumbing in their house. Like they use like the pump things to get the well. Yeah, those things. (laughs) Tell me you grew up in the suburbs without telling me you grew up in the suburbs. (laughs) They make all their food. They they jar it, can it, all of that. They live off the farm. They grow it. They eat it. They raise it. They eat it. And it is it is a very much, you know, one good thing about the Amish is that it is such a community where they do come together to help one another. So there are a lot of books that I've read, and there's a lot of information out there about the Amish. Of course, anytime you have people segregated from society in that way, there comes some pretty dark things that go along with this. Within the community, you know, they have a religious leader that's called the bishop, and the bishop is pretty fucking powerful. They can okay or not okay marriages and where people live, all these things like the bishop. And again, this some of this will vary from community to community, but based on the firsthand accounts of books that I've read from people who have escaped the Amish community, um, this seems to be pretty standard that the the bishop, again, is kind of this all-powerful person. And anytime you fall outside of the norms of the society, then you are shunned 
meaning that no one can talk to you, you can't eat with people. And even within your own home, like let's say that, um, you know, Colby and I are married and if I did something that got me shunned, Colby would even have to keep those practices within our home. There have been, in books that I've read, occasions of sexual assault where um, it could be from a family member. And once that family member has repented, if the victim of the sexual assault still harbors you know, these are kind of like I'm air quotes that like I roll when I say this, but if the victim hasn't forgiven their abuser or has hate in their heart towards them, then the victims themselves will be shunned until they fully forgive their abuser. And all their abuser has to do is repent. And sometimes they get shunned for like a week, but sometimes the victim gets shunned for longer than the abuser because they can't forgive their uncle for their sexual assault. Yeah, wow. And then in in terrible situations where sometimes it's the bishop who's doing it too. So, you know, Mm -hmm. it's this is kind of where I get like heated about any subsect of a population that isolates themselves and has sole power over the members of that community to do what they want to with them. Yeah. The other thing that I have an issue with is that the Amish don't pay taxes. I was about to say, is that more or less than them not paying taxes? Look, they it, like to like be able to have, and, and maybe there's some stuff about this I don't understand. And I know all the people who live in Pennsylvania are like, "Hey, uh, actually," but like they have, and we have we have Amish in Mississippi too, like up in the kind of Meridian area, and it's like. They have businesses where they sell their goods because that's part of how specifically the women make their money. They do quilts, they do afghans, they do butter, baked goods, all of these things, and then they sell them for money. That's really kind of the way that the women are able to contribute. Now, of course, it's a very like traditional family setup where the man's the head of the household, the woman needs to keep her mouth shut kind of thing. And so the man is the breadwinner, but the woman also contributes in that way. So that's what that's what drives me nuts. I'm like, so you with the Amish, it's like, okay, they can't have phones, okay, but now they can have it in their barn. They don't use modern medicine until they really need it. They don't use police or anything like that until they really need it. You know, it's like mm-hmm. we don't do that because that takes us away from God, but like my grandma needs help, so can you come help her? You know, it's like, yeah, and then does nothing to contribute to the society to pay for those services like police, fire, ambulance, those types of things. That's where I'm like, so you want to reap the benefits when it's okay for you. Like you want to use the English. That's what anyone who's non-Amish is called in the Amish community to have a car to take you to a doctor's appointment, but only when it's convenient for you are you okay to ride in a car, you know? Yeah. What's that show um, I watched on Netflix? Do you remember? And it was about the girl um, who was getting out of, she was an Orthodox Jew and she was freaking out. Orthodox. Well, cleverly named. Or unorthodox. Unorthodox, that's what it was. And where they're like not supposed to use cell phones, but then they were all like gambling on them and all of that, you know? And it's like, I know that not every single person in every single community that's very, very traditional in that way does those things and breaks those rules. But it's like, I don't know. It just, it drives me nuts that it's like when it's convenient for them, they're okay for to be able to use all these things. I don't know. Anyway. Well, that's any religion. But even when you live places like 
Pennsylvania. And again, there are places in Mississippi that have this too. Like you'll see signs that have um, like a horse and a buggy on it to be like, hey, kind of be careful because there's going to be horse and buggies on the side of the road like don't run into them and then typically within the community kids go to school until they're about 14 and then they start more on the job training type stuff but only school in their community not secular school correct yeah they're not using like the public school system of like pennsylvania usually they speak a couple of different languages they speak english they speak Pennsylvania Dutch, which is like a German dialect. And then they speak, I of course, forgot what it's called, but like a like a more proper version of that for church. And then usually the church services are like every other Sunday and they're held at somebody's house. And then whoever's house they're at is responsible for like the big meal after church too. So it's it's a huge deal when it's at your house. Like you spend, you know, you get to know a couple weeks in advance and you spend all that time cleaning and getting ready and cooking and prepping. And then, you know, the whole community, which could be hundreds of people, come over, have church and you feed them. Sounds like a no for me, dog. I know, right? I'm not about that life. So as back to the story, though, as Ed grew up, he grew up in the Amish traditions, just like we talked about, you know, and it's even stuff down to, of course, their clothes, like there's rules on how long the hem of like, they'll break out the ruler and how long the hem of the women's skirt should be. They dress, like I said earlier, very plainly, lots of blacks and whites. And um, you'll have a few colors, but it's, it's specific ones. And then some of the more traditional communities don't even allow buttons, zippers, or anything like that. Like, it just has to be sewn. They have no mirrors in the Amish community because that promotes vanity. There's no jewelry. So if someone's married, they don't wear a wedding ring. How they distinguish if they're married or not is um, the cap, the bonnet. That's I think it's called a cap in the Amish community. Um, if a woman is married, she wears a white one. And if a woman is not married, she wears a black one. And then for the men, oh. yeah. And then for the men, when they're not married they have a clean shaven face and when they're married they grow a beard but not a mustache because that's secular and that is like what soldiers wear and they do not believe in war oh okay (laughs) besides war on the secular world (laughs) right so all that's how like so this is how edward was raised and he was a bit of a rebel even as a child like he just didn't really kind of conform to the rules. He just had a hard time with them. He just wanted to have fun and play and all that. Sorry, I also just thought about this too. Back to the having like no... <laughs> I have like, I have notes for this story, but I am just winging this whole thing. So also back to the no mirrors thing. <laughs> Did you say no mirrors before? Yeah, they, because that's like for vanity. Like they oh, can't yeah, have mirrors. vanity, yeah. But they're the kids baby dolls don't have faces either yes because again like it promotes vanity so the kids oh oh. so their baby dolls just are (laughs) faceless okay i get that now but in my head like when my face went like that it was just i was just thinking that they bought stuff but i forgot hello they wouldn't have bought it they wouldn't make it but i just thought they like sliced off the face and i was like okay whoa but it's like those it looks like it was made from like a sock. Yeah, kind of thing. yes, like, like the Dammit yeah. dolls. Have you ever seen the Dammit dolls? Yeah, yeah. So Edward, Ed, Eddie was a practical joker, super outgoing, and what? 
You just threw out that TV name like it was nothing. <laughs> uh, Register trademark. We're not. We're not talking about that place. <laughs> but he liked to show off, which is very anti-Amish. Like the Amish, because part of the reason why they all dress alike and look alike and all of that, and they have so many strict rules on what their hair should look like, is because the idea is that if no one stands out, no one is special. And then you're all the same yeah. and you're able to focus on God and not on like the cool girl next door that has better blah, blah, blah than you. Yeah. I was just thinking, and this might be more FLDS than Amish, but, uh, you know, they have like their hairdos that they do. How do they do that without a mirror? Well, I don't know that the FL So... The Amish, I don't think, they have certain criteria on, I think, like, how much hair is allowed to show, but they don't have, like, okay, okay. hairdos. The FLDS do have, I think, like, yeah. seven different hairdos or something like that. that, that but they have mirrors. Yeah, okay. they, yeah. And then they help each other and all the things. Okay. I was just like, whoa, because their hairdos, it looks like, I mean, it's a work of art because it looks like you could just pull one strain and it would all fall down but like it's all there and it's i don't know it gives me anxiety because i know how my hair is and it would never work there's actually um a couple of tiktokers who are um like xflds that do they show you how to do those hairstyles yeah it's interesting though that you bring up the flds because there are so many similarities like one of which being that the communities are so small that there really is a lot of inbreeding that happens because, I mean, there's only, you know, if you have a community of 100 people. Yeah. Well, there's only so many people within that community that you can get married to. And just like with the FLDS, because they have so few husbands and so many wives that you're actually starting to get like cousins marrying cousins, you know, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And that happens a lot in the Amish community, too. But one thing I think is interesting within the FLDS and the Amish, though, is that because they do grow what they eat, they have so many fewer medical conditions than we have because they are really eating farm to table and their animals don't have all the hormones and, you know, they don't have all the pests, all the things that are in our foods Mm -hmm. that are so toxic and all these carcinogens and all that, they don't have them. So they have such a fewer incidence of those things than we do. So that's something good. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so Ed grew up with his dad owning a sawmill. And so this was kind of the one-stop shop for everybody to buy their wood and all of that so that they could then go on to make all these amazing things that the Amish really does make, like, barn like they can uh, the Amish can build a damn barn like the most massive barn literally in a day because they'll have a hundred men out there working and it's like ants scattered making this barn like have you ever watched a video of the Amish make building a barn it's in it's amazing No, you really have a love-hate relationship I really, with the Amish. I really do. I, like, I have wanted to do an Amish story, but I've really been pushing it off because I really think I'm going to piss people off with how heated I get. But I just can't help it. It's how I feel, man. So... <laughs> it's how I feel, man. <laughs> well, tell me why you sounded like the donkey from Shrek just then. <laughs> okay, so as Ed's working in this sawmill, he's starting to tinker with some of the machines that are okay for them and they also serve the non-amish community so part of the rules with 
some Amish is that women aren't allowed to speak to non-Amish. They can just kind of take their money and move on. Like, they're not allowed to, like, have conversations. Like, thank (laughs) you for buying my cheese. Get the fuck out. Quit talking to me. But the men can, but it's just supposed to be pleasantries. Like, they're not supposed to have, like, full-on conversations. But Ed kind of would, working in this sawmill, you know, he would... He kind of would, working in the sawmill. He would get to know some of the non-Amish, a.k.a. English, as they call it, people. And that kind of comes up a little bit later. So when the Amish are, I believe, 16, they can go on what's called Rumspringa. So that's when they get to go and experience the modern secular world and come back and decide, do they want to be baptized into the church or do they want to go on and live their lives outside of the Amish community? So it really does give them a chance to say like, yay or nay. But they would be severing ties with their family, their community, everything they ever Yeah, just like the FLDS, just like Scientology, just like any of those um, organizations... That's what we'll call them. Um, Yeah, if you choose to move out of the Amish community, you will be shunned and you will no longer be able to see, talk, interact, anything with your family. And when it's all you know and you're thinking, I'm a a 16-year-old kid and I'm never going to see my mama again, like you're going to go back. Like 90% Uh of them go back. I would. For sure. Like if my mama was there, I would be like... Kick me out when you have to kick me out, but I'm here till I'm 90 if my mom is. Well, especially, too, again, you're a 16-year-old. You have up to an eighth-grade education, so you don't have a driver's license. You don't have a social security number. You probably don't even have a birth certificate. Like, how are you going to go out and about? Like, what, I mean, you know, Yeah. what is your life going to be? And unless you have someone out there who has left the Amish already that you can live with and that can help you figure this shit out, what are you going to do? Some of them can't even read. So it's like, how yeah. are you going to do this? How are you going to navigate to be able, like these bureaucracies to get a driver's license, a social security card? You know, I just can remember watching one of those shows where they, like escaping Amish, but not not like the one on TLC that everybody watched. The TLC. No, but like, like a for real, like escaping Amish thing. And the girl on it was so frustrated because she was trying to get, I think it was her driver's license. And they're like, you have to have a social security card. She's like, I can't get that without a birth certificate. She goes to get a birth certificate and they're like, you can't have it without a social security card. She's like, I can't get that without a birth certificate. It really is like this round, like around and round and round of like, where, what do you do? And when you have no idea how to operate these systems, hell, I don't even know when I live in this world, much less someone who's like, I don't even know how to dial this phone number. Right. 100%. I hate doing anything like that. Even just going to get my tag for my car. Did it today. I did it online today. Well, I did it when it was due way before yours is yeah. yours is yeah, over. Mine's like mine's twenty <laughs> days late. I had to pay a five percent uh so actually it may have been ten percent today. I think you have the first fifteen days is five percent, then after that it goes ten. But I did mine online because I didn't want to deal with like going there because I don't know anything that's like has a guard and stuff and I don't know, I just feel like I'm not doing anything wrong, I promise. I don't know why it's like that. So I can only imagine what someone who is completely lost, like I at least know, okay, I'm going here, I have to do this. I've seen my mom have to go do that. Exactly. Oh God, the anxiety that that would give me, the bubble guts, oh my God. And especially in those places because they have so many signs that they want you to read and when you ask them a question that's on a sign, they get pissed and I'm like, you have 14 signs for me to read. I can't read them all (laughs) and then walk up and you go, how can I help you? Well, I don't 
don't know. Hold on. I'm reading your fucking signs. Right. <laughs> no, I usually just like give them my life story of why I'm there. And they're like, oh, OK, go see this person. OK, I'll go tell her exactly what I just told you because I still don't know where I'm supposed to go. Speaking of giving my whole life story. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> OK, I had to go to the hematologist uh, whenever I got my facial done. <laughs> and, uh, I had to go there. And uh, one, he did say like my iron's low again I'm anemic again and he was like have you felt tired sluggish all that and I was like yeah but I just figured it was my depression being worse he was like it's you know it's a chicken and egg thing you don't really know like because if you're tired and sluggish and all of that you're going to feel more depressed because you don't have the energy to do anything blah 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 and I was like man my body hates me (laughs) like you know well so then he was like well since your iron's low like and my blood was pretty thin and he was like have you had any blood in your stool and I was like oh no it's good I mean well, TMI, but if I wipe too hard, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> just laughed. He said, but not in your soul. Like, no, no, if you get a fucking bidet, like I told you. I, I really thought, didn't think you were going to say that. I thought you were going to say something about anal. No. <laughs> <laughs> so that was extra funny because that is not where I was expecting you to go. I'm surprised you weren't like, so does your butthole open or close when you laugh? <laughs> you know what i probably should ask him god you're uh, your mother i don't know look i am but also this is he's not the like hematologist hematologist he's his like nurse practitioner fellow oh okay like you know what i mean like it, they're both hematologists yeah, yeah, he's a fellow. but like one's like one's the attending okay, so yeah right. one's the ad- holy shit the hematologist hematologist he's the attending that guy's the fellow. And like a year, okay. he'll be attending. Okay, so he, you know him only because he had this glorious he's beard. Not an atti- he's not a fellow. Oh, what he's is a nurse he? practitioner. Oh, okay, well. So, so what whatever I said the first, the first time, time. Yeah, okay. I yeah. know exactly who you're talking um, about, too. Okay, well, and then he had to cut it off because of COVID. But now it is back, like, luscious as always. And I was like, oh, my God, your beard has grown all the way back. And But, but I get mesmerized by he has really pretty eyes. And that beard is, like, ZZ Top amazing. But I'm just like, huh? So I didn't even think about asking him the butthole question. God. You know he's married to a girl we went to college with, right? Well, I knew he's married. <laughs> yes. No. Okay. Can we okay. get back to this story now? People are like, Jesus Christ, yeah, this is the longest episode ever. And we're like still <laughs> not even close to the murder. Well, at least they know I don't have blood in my stool. Just what everybody was wondering. <laughs> okay. So while all this is going on with Ed, there's a girl in the community named Katie. So Katie was a little bit older Like, she was 21 and she wasn't married, which is not very common in the Amish community. People tend to get married very young, but, like, they don't date. They're just, like, kind of set up, like, hey, your daughter, my son, and the uh, bishop's, like, cool, cool, and then they get married. Like, there's no wedding dress. There's no, it's, like, a little bit of a ceremony, and then you eat. They don't have a wedding dress at all? Like, not even just white cotton? Mm -mm. Now, there may be some communities that have, like... Because I want to say, one of the books I read, they had, like, a special color they could wear on their wedding day, but it's the same thing. Mm -hmm. 
and I could be getting my um sects like S E C T confused, but I feel yeah. like there's some too where like before the wedding they have to lay in a bed together like a whole night so they can like talk and get to know each other, but like they're not allowed to touch. They just have to lay in the bed and like talk and stuff. Does someone watch them? They check the bed the next morning, I think. I'm not really sure. I could be, y'all are going to be like, that's not true, but hit me up if I'm got it wrong. But again, that could be a different, that could be like FLDS. I mean, I'm getting them confused. Yeah. But anyway, so Katie's uncle is actually the bishop of this community. Oh, shit. Yes, they're like, they a big deal. Well. Well, that's why she didn't have to, she didn't have to get married when she was Well, younger. she did though. So she was, yes, yeah, oh. so she was one of 16 kids and her sister that was younger than her got married before her. So that was like a big to do, like, okay, Katie, mm-hmm. like you really need to do this, but like she's 21. So in this very small Amish community, there weren't a lot of people her age that would be appropriate for her to marry. One of the only ones was ed now there were some mixed feelings about this now of course ed Stanley's about it about it because he a bad boy and she's the bishop's niece so they're like let's uh-huh. get this handled her family's a little more reserved but like it was to the point where again little sister got married we're gonna have a spinster mm-hmm. on our hands like she gotta get married so like let's make this happen katie was very into the amish like she did what she was supposed to do. Like, she lived the Amish life. She was very pure. You know, there was no question that she was going to leave. Whereas they say that Ed, after his rum spring out, really did want to leave. A couple of things were like, he didn't want to mm-hmm. leave his family. So he came back, you know. Yeah. But he really did desire to live outside. You know, he got all these interactions with people who are non-Amish. He had, he got to see all of these different machines. And he's very mechanically inclined until. Like, he wanted to work on cars. He wanted to work on all these machines and figure them out and tinker. But he wasn't allowed because they only had certain things mm-hmm. that they could use. But eventually, Katie and Ed did marry. So, they ended up having three kids. But but after they get married, you know, Ed starts to kind of spiral. He gets more depressed, more withdrawn, and is just really having a hard time. He eventually starts talking to a guy at the sawmill whose name is Dave Lindsay. And Dave Lindsay is non-Amish and is described as a devout Christian. They don't say what denomination or anything like that, just that he's Christian. Now, Dave sees that... That sounds like a famous person. I don't know. So... I don't know. So Dave starts to see that Ed is having some questions about his Amish background and does he want to stay kind of thing. And Dave takes the opportunity to try to encourage him to leave the Amish to become Christian because if he doesn't denounce his Amish background, faith kind of thing, then he's going to die and go to hell. So this really impacts Ed because he's having all these issues with his mental health and kind of trying to decide where he fits in his world. And it just, all of it just kind of puts him in a tailspin. Mm -hmm. That seemed very opportunistic of Dave Lindsay. Really? That's how you said Lindsay. (laughs) 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 So as he's having these troubles, it's really starting to show up in all aspects of his life. He's not eating as much. He's not as healthy. He's, 
I mean, even before when he was kind of the bad boy before marriage, like he didn't really help much on the farm, which is part of why uh, Katie's family weren't so into him because they're like, he's kind of lazy. But like, it really became a problem. Like he wasn't doing the things that he was supposed to do to make a living for his family. Basically, he started having like a complete mental breakdown. And it was to the point where he was actually becoming physically abusive to Katie. Now, again, it's the Amish community. So she's not going anywhere because she's married and they're married till death do you part. Like she's not going to go anywhere. Mm -hmm. And again, it's the Amish community. So all he's got to do is repent and they have to move on. And if she continues to bring it up or wants to leave him or is scared of him and all this stuff and harbors these things in her heart, then she's the bad guy and she's shunned. So with all this, like stopping eating and and he's not eating, he's not drinking, he's not doing anything, he starts hallucinating. And at one point, he literally leaps from their second floor window and like, yes, and takes off running. I'm like, who can leap from a second story window and literally just take off running? He did. Right. So it ends up taking seven people to tackle him to the ground and subdue him. So. Oh, my God. So what they end up doing is they actually are like, we got to take him to the hospital. So they take him to the hospital and he's diagnosed with paranoid schizophrenia. But of course, the Amish, they don't they don't know what these words mean. Right. Because yeah. there's. I mean, even in Scientology, they think that, like, mental illness is fake, and you can just, like, pray it away. Well, the other thing, though, this is one thing I hadn't told you yet. You know what they had... Oh, I thought you were going to say, and this is another thing I hate. No, but this is berserko. So, they had been (laughs) taken Ed, got somebody to drive them, because, you know, it's okay to use a car when you want it to, but they got someone to drive him to a chiropractor. Now... I don't know how legit of a chiropractor this guy was. Like, did he actually go to chiropractic school? Unsure. But his name was uh, Merritt Terrell. Or Terrell. I think it was Terrell, actually. So, I googled him. I found an obituary. I don't think he's alive anymore. But I don't know if it's the same one. But it was like chiropractor and Terrell. So, pretty sure it's him. But anyway, this guy would pop his toes and gave him molasses and said, shoo, shoo. What? You're cured. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! Yeah. And then when he continued to have these mental breaks where he's like hallucinating and it's awful on Katie and all the things, he would again like rub his head and give him some molasses like as like an elixir and be like, you're good. Why'd they take him to a chiropractor? I anyway? don't. I don't know. But it, 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 this is apparently someone that they would go to for a lot of their ailments. Okay. I don't know if it's because they felt like he was more holistic. Yeah. But anyway, so back to the thing. He goes. He does go to the hospital. They diagnose him, and they actually get approval from the bishop for him to start taking prescription medication. Oh well, that's so good. because. The Amish don't take prescription medication. But here's my question. Uh-huh. How he afford the medication? Well, there's medical cards. You, you think he's got those? They give them to you. Like the prescription, good savings, good Rx. Yeah, but we're talking like this is like 1993. Oh, well, maybe the hospital just wrote it off or something. I don't know. Well. Or they bartered for it. Oh. Like from a pharmacist. Okay. So eventually, like many people... Ed starts to feel better, but also worse. Like, the hallucinations and stuff. Like, he was seeing, like, rabbits and would, like, run around the house howling like a wolf. Like, so, 
that got better so he's like cool i'm better but also the medicine made him like a zombie so he's like hate that Mm -hmm. and so he eventually he and katie decided for him to stop taking the medicine so of course this brings back all of his symptoms yeah sorry and katie of course is keeping most of this to herself his family knows some like his brothers live pretty close and so like they've gone to like get help from them when he's i mean obviously the people know what's going on because it took seven people to subdue him and then the (laughs) bishop had to be like it's fine if you want to take prescription medication yeah so at this point he has stopped taking his prescription medication and dave at the sawmill is hitting him really hard with his you gotta go away from the amish and you gotta become christian or you're gonna die a fiery bernie eternity and he's like oh my god and basically he starts feeling like he wants to go away but that it's katie who's stopping him So Katie, in his mind, transformed from this loving wife who has been helping him this whole time to the devil, like the actual devil. Oh, my God. And that she's keeping him from living the life like he's supposed to live. Mm -hmm. So picture it. It's March 18th, 1993. It's the day after Katie had just turned 29 years old. There had been a bit of an argument because there was going to be a wedding in the community. And Katie was like, I don't think you should go. Like, you're sick. Like, I just, I don't think you should go. Just stay home. And he was like, you're like keeping me from going to things. You know, you can imagine. You're ashamed of me. You're blah, blah, blah. I I mean, I'm putting some words in his Mm -hmm. mouth, but it it became an argument. And then Ed decided to take a nap and he took a nap on the couch. And when he woke up, Katie was in the kitchen doing the dishes. He walks into the kitchen where she's cleaning and she turns around and out of nowhere, Ed punches her in the face. Oh my gosh. He knocks her down and their six-year-old son sees this whole thing. Oh my gosh. And Katie tells him, run to your uncle's house and get help. So the six-year-old takes off running. Meanwhile, the uncle's house is literally a mile away. So oh my gosh. it takes time for help to come. And they're not coming in a Ferrari. They're coming in a horse and buggy. <laughs> yeah. So as the kid is running to get help, Ed starts to beat Katie. He's slamming her head against the ground and he ends up going and putting on a pair of his high top work boots, like hard steel toe work boots. Goes back to Katie, who's on the ground in the kitchen, and stomps her skull in. (gasps) No. Brain matter goes everywhere. They said basically her skull was like disintegrated. He stomped it so much. Oh my God. Then he takes like a seven inch knife and cuts her open and starts removing all of her internal organs. Oh my God. And then piling them up next to her body. What? Eventually, Ed's brother gets there and is like, what the hell? Like, what is going on? He sees Katie laying there completely naked with her organs next to her and this knife that ed has just used on her body he runs out of the house to go to the closest non-amish neighbor's house to use the phone to call 911 as police are on the way to the house they come across a man walking down the street and in the deadly devotion thing is the only place that i saw this but it said that it was ed because they see the man and he's covered in blood and he actually has the two youngest kids with him (gasps) 
Oh my gosh. Yeah. They're like four and two, I think. So they get him in the car and of course they go to the house to see like, can is there anything? Because they just hear there's a homicide in the Amish and this is literally like never happened before. So they're like, mm-hmm. I, we don't know what to expect. And then they get there and they see that horrible crime scene. So when the police get Ed to the police station, he like doesn't remember anything. He's doesn't even understand like they can't make him understand that katie is dead so of course it goes to trial and this is the first time in ever in this country that uh, someone who is amish has been arrested for murder whoa right so so they're taking it to the jury because his defense is insanity you know they're not denying that he killed katie but they're it's an insanity plea Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, 50 people from the Brownhill Amish community signed a petition so that he would never be able to come back to their community. Like, they're like, no, we don't, we don't want him. He needs to be in a mental institution. We don't want him back. Long story short, while this is in process of going to the jury, he's getting medication and he's kind of starting to realize what happened and he's really struggling with it. Like, holds this, like, shirt or blanket or something that was katie's with him all the time and just like cries like he's really struggling with what he did yeah so when it goes to the jury it's like do we find him guilty do we not they end up finding him guilty of involuntary manslaughter but mentally ill so this charge by not finding him guilty of murder he only had to serve five years in prison wow so He was up for parole at one point, but they denied it. So he ended up serving his whole five years. Now, some stuff I saw said four years, but it seemed like the consensus was five. So he served all five years in prison. But that's not the end of the story. So before I tell you what happened next, we have got to talk about Peak. And y'all, let me just say, I'm literally drinking my Peak right this minute. I'm drinking the Peak BT Fountain. So what is Peak? Peak is a little additive to your water. You can do it hot or cold, and it's non-GMO, gluten-free, vegan, and so yummy. Right now, I'm drinking the yuzu berry flavor, and like, I can't stop. It's so good. It really is good. And like we talked about skincare earlier, this is the first skincare that you can drink. It enhances and boosts the internal moisture production and preservation for results in less than 30 days. So in one month or less than one month, your skin is going to be at its peak performance. Look, it's got ceramides to visibly reduce fine lines and increase skin elasticity. Hyaluronic acid increases skin's moisture content and the electrolytes provide deep cellular hydration. And here's a little asterisk for you. It can help with brain fog. And we know you girls need some help with a brain fog because I'm like a freaking summer's night. I don't know. Insert some Blanche Devereaux nonsense. I'm really foggy. (laughs) She's experiencing it right now. like legit because I could not think of any description of fog. (laughs) I was like, does it happen in the morning or night? (laughs) Both. (laughs) But yeah, also, if you're experiencing brain fog, you could be irritable in the afternoons. And I'm just saying, uh, curious. (laughs) Okay, ma'am, I resent that comment. I'm irritable all day. Very true. But also, you can drink BT Fountain 
all day. Seriously, you can drink it up to twice a day. So Peak is offering a limited time offer for you guys. You can get 15% off plus free shipping for life when you subscribe at peaklife.com slash creep. That is P-I-Q-U-E-L-I-F-E dot com slash creep for 15% off and free shipping for life. So if you want to get in on this Peak BT Fountain so that you can basically drink your skincare and get all that good good, head on over, like we said, 15% off plus free shipping for life when you subscribe at peaklife.com slash creep. C-R-E-E-P. Okay, so back to this creep. So like I said, he only spent five years in prison before he got out. Now, when he got out, keep in mind, all those people had signed the petition. They didn't want him back in their community, so he had nowhere to go. I mean, sucks for him, but I would be right there signing that petition, exactly. too. Exactly. Well, because, you know, they they don't understand the diagnosis. Typically, are anti-prescription drugs. And when he did get prescription medication, he and Katie decided with the blessing and the encouragement of the bishop to stop that prescription medication. So it's like, he's probably not going to take it. So so he eventually went to like an Amish mental health facility, which I did not know was a thing. Did you know that was a thing? Oh, Literally, it's the only time I've seen it. And I'm going to be honest, I didn't look look anything up on it. So I know, the avid journalist. So he goes to this facility in Michigan. Now, his kids are living with his parents. Unsure why they didn't go to Katie's, but they went to his parents. Now, he had written letters like the whole time he was in jail asking for forgiveness from the families and the bishop and all of that. Like he was trying to get back into the community. And like, even his parents had been telling his kids that their dad was sick. And that's why he was in prison. Not really that he had killed Katie. Oh my gosh. And not just killed her, like brutally, brutally killed killed her, her, stomped her skull and then disemboweled her. So, so he gets out and he goes to this Michigan, Amish mental health facility. And now that deadly devotion just made it seem like he was just in another Amish community, not like an Amish mental health thing. But either way, while he was there, he was encouraged to stop taking the medicine and start taking like the herbal remedies again. And so, oh my gosh, stop with the honey. Molasses, (laughs) ma'am. Molasses, sorry. (laughs) So, of course, his symptoms came back. It was too much to handle and they kicked him out. Y'all did it to yourselves on that. Like he was taking the medication and stuff and they're like, hey, don't do that. And then they kicked him out like for obeying them. Well, from there, he went to a facility in Indiana, it seems, to get like back on his medicine and all of that. And then in 2007 is when he decided, okay, like I'm going to go back to my community. Let's see if they will accept me in the Brown Hill Amish community. Well, they didn't because he shunned. Ed's brothers lived on the outside of the community. So they weren't like they were in it, but they were like, you know, on the outskirts of it. So they were like, so they were like, come live with us. It's fine. Come live with us. Well, that meant that they were then shunned. So while all this is going on, his sons decide that they want to see him. So the sons are like, you know what? Like we forgive him. It's fine. So they're kind of risking everything to, to see him. But his daughter is like, fuck, no, I remember what happened. Like, I'm not seeing him. Yeah. And also, she didn't want to be shunned for seeing him. Yeah. So, Ed and his brothers decide to take it in their own hands to get 
Ed and his daughter, Mary, back together so that she can then make her own decision about whether or not she wants to see him. So Mary and her Aunt Clara were in a horse and buggy on their way somewhere. All of a sudden, Ed's brother Dan jumps onto the buggy, takes the reins, and drives the buggy down to like another brother's barn. When they get there, the Aunt Clara says that Ed and two of his brothers were there, and they told Mary that she had to come with them. And basically, they kidnapped Mary so that they could get her and Ed together to like reconcile. Oh my gosh. Why didn't they just have him there? He was there, but they were taking her somewhere else. Oh, taking them off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, of course, they called the police and they ended up finding Mary. Now, here's the thing. So, he gets arrested for kidnapping and was only sentenced to six months probation and fined $500. This murderer who only got... Right, he only got five years in prison because he was because he was convicted of manslaughter. He kidnapped his daughter, who they said like looks just like her mom, and kidnaps her and is given six months probation. So, then in two thousand eight, he was out hunting and was busted and was charged with illegally possessing and using a firearm. So. What did he get, a week? No, was sentenced to three months in the county jail. Three months for that, but then only five yeah, so you, months for mm-hmm. the... Kidnapping. So you have a murderer who's kidnapping and using firearms. Also, my question is, why was he not a felon? Like, why was yeah. that... Mur- is manslaughter not a felony charge? Because felons can't have guns. I like, I thought not. that he would have gone to jail a lot longer for that. I don't know. Somebody who knows the law better than me, tell me. So, okay, as the years went on after all this... Ed, he couldn't find his place in the community. No community wanted him because of his history. They couldn't trust him. And so he ended up going to live with his attorney and his attorney's wife because there was no oh, no wow. Amish community would accept him. And on January 14th of 2011, Ed went out to take care of the horses and had been gone for a really long time. And when they went out to the barn to check on him, they found Ed and he had died by suicide of hanging and had written in some dust that said, forgive me, please. Oh, gosh. It's just so sad. This whole story is just fucking heartbreaking because of the community in which he lived. He had no access to health care. He had no no understanding mm-hmm. of his. N- not that everybody in our world understands paranoid schizophrenia. I mean, people think that everyone with schizophrenia yeah. is a murderer and that they're all going to be serial killers. And that's not the fucking case. How many times have I said people with schizophrenia are more harmful to themselves than others? Nobody understood. And then you got this Dave guy convincing him that he's going to die a fiery death and go to hell. And so in his mind, he starts making it to where it's Katie keeping him. And Katie becomes a demon, a devil, uh, all the things. And so he has yeah. to get rid of Katie so that he can then go to heaven. And so it's just this constant battle and back and forth of meds and no meds and chiropractors. And I mean, popping your toes, taking molasses ain't going to do nothing for him. Rubbing his head, molasses not going to do anything. These herbs that they're trying to give him in this other community, clearly not working. He needs hard meds. And but when he did take them, he didn't like how they made him feel. So it just 
it's one of those things like we've had cases like this before that we've talked about when someone is is given a lesser sentence because of their mental health like that there's no guarantee that they're going to keep taking their medicine and do it again we just there's no guarantee and it's like but like where do you draw the line between their rights and for you know what i mean it's it's a hard it's hard but this story just broke my heart because poor katie and their poor kids and you know they just seemed like the boys just wanted to be with their dad but they were going to be shunt you know there was just so many pressures from so many different avenues it just broke my heart yeah it is sad because of his mental health not getting the help that he needed and even katie not being able to reach out for help and yeah all of that it's like the the community did a disservice like the amish community did a disservice and was like the seed of all of this bad shit that just like kept escalating yep it really sucks but also i feel like he should have he brutally murdered someone and i get that he was off his meds and everything like that but the thing is, he could spend his the rest of his time in a mental institution. I'm not saying he has to go to prison for it. I'm saying let him get help and make sure that he stays on his meds. One, so he can have a better life because he wasn't having right. a good life when he was hallucinating, jumping off of the second story, all of that. Completely agree. He was he wasn't so, eating, he wasn't drinking, he was miserable. Yeah. But it's like Oh, and you know, Katie oh, would yeah, still the, be you alive. Know, the biggest point. But like you said too, is that his sons wanted to be with him, his daughter didn't, then he kidnapped mm-hmm. her. Like just all of this stuff and it's just like if they wouldn't have been shunned, she might have wanted to meet with him and just be like, I don't forgive you. But she didn't even want to meet with him because she could for that five second meeting to tell him no i don't want to live with you i want nothing to do with you she would be shunned gosh okay well i'm glad your story was long because mine is not so long it's not super short but you know mine are always shorter than yours unless it's like some huge thing like a government conspiracy like ultra and stuff yeah (laughs) then it's longer but this is this is pretty short, but I was fascinated by it. So we're going back in the early 1920s, and we're talking about a Canadian lake freighter ship called the SS Kamloops. And every time I wrote that, I said, oh, I want some Fruit Loops Ooh. real bad. Every time. Like, why are loops? I go Fruit Loops. Not hula hoops. Not anything else. Ooh, hula hoops. That's loops. active shit. We want to eat. <laughs> right. So it was a part of the Canada Steamship Lines that's headquartered in Montreal, Quebec, Canada. And that's a real old and established company. But this particular ship was built and launched in 1924. The ship was 250 feet long. And it's a small ship because it was built to be able to haul shit in the Great Lakes and different canals. So it needed to be small. She did great for two years, but she was one of the last ships out of the end of a season. And she ended up being stuck in the 
ice in St. Mary's River. Yeah, but that's nothing compared to what happened to her on December 6th, 1927. So in November, the Kamloops was sent up to the Great Lakes and loaded down with tar paper, some machines for paper making, some shoes, farm fencing wire, piping, and even some non-perishable food. Well, I guess it's perishable, but I'll get to it in a minute. Well, while she was making her way downtown, you know, she was called to Courtright, Ontario, and it was to add a little more freight to the ship, and it was bagged salt, actually. So, no big deal. Off she went, and she traveled through Lake Huron and onto Lake Superior, But suddenly, on December 5th, there was a huge winter storm, like a blizzard, that came out of nowhere and was wreaking havoc on all the freighters in Lake Superior, and none of them were really prepared for it. So, there was this one more steamer ship that was pretty close with them, and they were battling the storm with the SS Kamloops, and fortunately for the other ship... The captain was able to steer the course when he saw this black mass in the water in front of him. The waves were tossing both boats about, and the captain of the other ship tried to warn the Kamloops of what they saw because it was real foggy that night. So they sounded the danger signal and hoped that it would help make the ship turn as well. Well, the other ship made it to Fort William and all the crew members were accounted for. You know, they survived pretty much unscathed. However, no one ever saw the SS Kamloops or the 22 crew members again. Oh my god. The last known location for the SS Kamloops was on December 6th. And again, all of that happened December 5th, late at night. On December 6th, it was at the end, like the southeast end of the Isle Royale in Michigan. And it was just had ice all over it due to the sub-zero temps and all the waves and shit. Like, I mean, it was just everywhere. So the Isle Royale is part of a national park that consists of the Isle and then like 400 little itty bitty islands too and it's surrounded by Lake Superior. All of the other ships were stranded in various places on Lake Superior throughout that night so when the SS Kamloops wasn't at port it was still like okay let's just see if they had to reroute or something and it's just taken them longer. But when all of the other ships had made it and the SS Kamloops was the only one not accounted for, search parties were formed and they looked all over the Great Lakes, but no one found anything. They searched from December 12th through the 22nd, but then they really couldn't safely keep looking because the temperatures were so cold, everything, you know, I mean, it's dead of winter. So they were like, all right, we'll stop. And in the spring, we'll pick it back up. I'm sorry. So in April, they resumed searching. And in May, some fishermen had found remains of crew members on the Isle Royale. Also, there was some wreckage from the ship and it had been discovered when it washed up on shore. The bodies the fishermen found had life jackets on them and it had the Kamloops, like, I don't know, sewn into it, like, 
had the emblem. It's believed that they died of exposure because the winds had gotten up to 62 miles per hour that night. Yeah, and the temperature was negative nine. And on that island, there's not a lot for shelter, so they were just out of luck, unfortunately. Then in June, more remains were found of the crew members. So they were like, okay, we're getting somewhere. Let's do a deep dive, pun intended, and search again for the entire wreckage. But they never found anything. So in total, there were nine bodies that were found, but only five were identified. The other four bodies were buried at Thunder Bay in unmarked graves since they didn't know what families to ship the remains to. Can I time out for a second and tell you something I just remembered from my story whenever you said buried? (laughs) So after Ed died by suicide, his family like petitioned like the bishop to say, can he be buried in the community's cemetery? And he gave them the Mm go-ahead, and they buried him next to Katie. Okay, (gasps) I had the same reaction. And I was like, I realized that he had mental health issues that weren't treated and all that. But, like, to bury him next to Katie seemed really shitty to me. Okay, I had the same reaction. And so I was like, I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm just like, he killed her. But, like, he killed her. Yeah, like, I figured, oh, he would be buried by, like... Maybe some family, yeah. His parents, or... Mm-mm-mm. Yeah. Next to Katie. Yep. Wow. Okay, sorry, squirrel, but I just remembered that, and I was like, <laughs> wait, like, this, I gotta tell her this. Yeah. So, since the search still turned up nothing of the wreckage, was referred to as a ghost ship. Then, in 1928, a man was trapping in the Agawa River, I hope I said that right, and he found like a whiskey bottle and it had some paper inside so the man took it back examined it and there was some speculation that all of this was fake because the guy who got it he was like oh yeah i found this and like it has a letter inside like it's a message in a bottle and blah 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 blah. and people were like okay well what's it saying he's like well you (gasps) have to pay me first to know about it well he also said that the what he would say is that the person who signed it signed it as al al comma who is dead okay and just before this bottle was found like months before one of the bodies that had been identified actually matched the letter writer so al was what her parents called her but alice betridge was her real name she was identified by the papers that were found on her body and the teeth because the only other woman on board had false teeth and she didn't Alice was in her early 20s, and she was the assistant stewardess on the SS Kamloops. And the letter, eventually he, like, showed the family and all the things. But the letter wrote, I am the last one left alive, freezing and starving to death on Isle Royale. I just want my mom and dad to know my fate. And her parents looked at the handwriting, provided a sample of Alice's, and it matched. And, like, they were like, no, 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 this is, this is her. This is our daughter writing this you know and it of course it was like a bittersweet thing because they had already gotten her body but then to know that you know she was thinking about them in her last moments and stuff like oh that's just i don't know like he legit found a message in a bottle and it was 
like not romantic, but it was very like almost like a dying declaration, but not. Yes, yes. So then in August of 1977, divers found a submerged shipwreck on the northwest side of Isle Royale. It was resting on the starboard side and was like 260 feet down. So they were like, oh my God, this has to be the SS Kamloops. So here's another note about Lake Superior. It's cold year round. I had no idea. Surface temps are never higher than 55 degrees. And when you dive down about 50 feet in the water, the temps range from 34 to 37 degrees. So think about it being 260 feet below. Well, this cold water actually preserved the ship really well. So, I mean, imagine what the Titanic looked like and stuff. Like, that's what this looked like. But that's, like, way colder than the Titanic water, I think. It was 34 degrees and 28 degrees in the water. So, I'm sorry, just kidding. So, we don't know how cold it was then when the ship went down. But if it was dead winter, it was probably close to that. If not, you know. Yeah. Golly. So, it had been... 50 years since the ship vanished into thin air or freezing water, but it looked like it did. You know, it was so weird because you would think it had just it went down. But it was like it a time really capsule didn't. of it. Yeah. So remember when I mentioned it had some food as some of the cargo? Divers found like boxes of candy lifesavers, like the ones that would come wrapped in that metallic Uh wrapping, you know, with the different colors. So it was like a palette of those they found and some honeybee molasses. No way. Just to, right? Yes. (laughs) So I don't know. That was just so wild, like to think about the food still being like that. But they also found some of the shoes, wire fencing, all the things. But again, the food just blew my mind. And it's so like, of course, the divers got up close to it. But just like one of the pictures I saw, it's like, oh, no. Like, you can definitely tell. Like, I would be like, are those Mentos or Lifesavers? But like, I know exactly what it is just by looking at like the metallic wrapping of it. So, since Lake Superior is freezing when you get lower and lower, there's no fish where the shipwreck is located. So, heaven for me, but it's important because there was something else that's still on board. And that something else is located in the engine room, and it's one of the crew members. Yeah, he's now known as Grandpa or Old Whitey. And at first, I was like, Old Whitey? Like, what? But it's because his corpse is super white. And it's from this process called adipocere or adipocere. And it basically turns things to bright, waxy, white texture. And it happens when it's in wet conditions. So, you know, the water. And it's over a long period of time. And it's basically like fatty acids and calcium deposits or soaps that form over the decomposing body something like that i'm not bill Mm -hmm. nye you know but like some kind of reaction and bam he looks like a fucking statue 
So when the divers started to explore the shipwreck more, there were stories that people started to tell. They said that, yeah, it's creepy to have the body of old Whitey just kind of like there, you know, because it's still in the shipwreck because when the water is so cold, it doesn't allow your body's like gases to build up. And that's what would happen. Like if the body filled up with right. gas, it would float because it would bloat. But in the freezing water, it didn't allow for that. So bodies sink. So I'm not saying anything, <laughs> but a killer could use that information. But don't quote me on that. So weird uh, fact, too. Did you know that when um, when they discovered the Titanic, they actually discovered like a new um, bacteria, too, that they had no idea existed because it only oh. existed deep, deep in that water on the ship. Oh, wow. Are you no, no, no. I knew Titanic? that. Oh, <laughs> Wow. Yeah, it's called, sorry, of course I looked it up now though. It's called Halomonas titanicae and it's like a species of bacteria uh, of like on like the rust on the ship. Oh. Isn't that crazy? Wow. Yes. Cute. <laughs> We're like four-year-olds with science. I know. Whoa. Look, cute rainbow, the more you know, look, y'all could never. I mean, <laughs> the Googling skills today, right. <laughs> chef's kiss. <laughs> Oh, God. Um, so people said, yeah, you know, like, again, old Whitey being there in the engine room, kind of just like freely, you know, bobbing in the water. It's creepy. But there's a spirit attached to that corpse. He was a pale white apparition, and he seemed to follow them through the ship while they explored the ruins. And he wasn't just staying in the engine room. It would be all throughout. And again, it's not like this spirit was just lifelessly floating in the water. It was like he was actively swimming and following them. Like he had movements that were lifelike. It wasn't it wasn't just like like a bobbing buoy or something. One diver said he saw grandpa in one of the bunks in the crew's quarters and he was just watching the divers. And another one said, yeah, he followed him around the whole time he searched the ship, but he seemed to be going about his daily task like he was still alive. There were reports where divers said that the spirit of Grandpa wasn't just a ghost, that he like had physically reached out and touched them. And then, you know, of course, there's definitely divers who are like, no, no, old whitey's spirit is not grandpa he doesn't haunt the ship you know like it's just movement from our flippers and stuff that's it but again people who really believe that grandpa old whitey you know all of that is on that ship he they're like no 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 he moves with intention like i've seen it happen it's not like he's just there like and again the body's always in the engine room but they see a white figure like that body in all different places around the ship. So something sad is that one of the divers got a close-up of Whitey and he was wearing a wedding band. Aww. And it just, yeah, it just breaks my heart. Like his body wasn't recovered. And then like even now you couldn't say like, oh, it was this certain person because he doesn't even look like himself and you know all of 
I don't even know, but like someone out there like lost their yeah husband. I, I don't know. It was just ugh. Anyway, so still today, old Whitey is in the shipwreck. So the National Park Service put a protection over the shipwreck, and they call it a cultural treasure. They do allow divers to explore the location, but they have to have respect. You know, you can't do anything to old Whitey. You can't, you know what I mean? Like, you can't use him in a mummy. Uh, no, you can't use him in like a museum or that fun house right. like those people did to old Elmer. But they also, it's 260 feet down. And so you have to have a certain level of experience as a diver to go that far because the dangers of decompression are extremely high so it's not just like oh we just learned how to dive let's go do this that'll be really cool like no nah, it ain't gonna happen because you could well die. and if you are that level of a diver you're gonna have that respect like you're not gonna be just some joe schmo who's just like willy-nilly like let me let me go dive this weekend right yeah so even though we know where the SS Kamloops is, you know, old Whitey's there. We know like it definitely is that ship. We still don't know what caused the sinking of the ship. And they say it probably will <gasps> remain unknown. <Wow. laughs> I mean, I know why, but like, <laughs> why? like, I just, hang on. So, no, like, I understand why, but I'm just like, with all of our technology, like, why can't we know, you know? It's more that, like, not like, why, but like, it's just crazy to think of, like, all this stuff that we know and we can figure out, just like, why can't we figure it out? I mean, like, we can figure out that there's a new freaking halitosis rust a lot of Titanica (laughs) Titanica. rust, and we can't figure out what causes this ship to sink. I know. But it's like, was there damage on the side? And they don't know, was it from like an iceberg? Do they get icebergs there? Because like that, you said like that black mass, like was it an iceberg? Yeah, it probably was. Or rocks at some point, like who knows? But, (sighs) and I mean, the other ship did. Yeah, to help it and tell them. Yeah. You know, warn them. But it was just terrible weather and like late at night, freezing, fog, blizzard, I mean, and you know how oh. much I want to take an Alaskan cruise, but like that is part of what makes me so scared. Yeah, yeah. Look, because I don't want to be in any kind of water, but I damn sure don't want to be in cold water. Right, cold water where, and especially at night. That's the thing too. It sunk just like yeah. the Titanic. Like at night, there is no darker dark than being on a fucking cruise or a ship or anything in the middle of the night in the middle of the ocean and looking out and seeing nothing but nothingness i know oh i, I do not how, like it you know i don't like dark water right? and i don't know how explorers from like back in the day like you know columbus and shit i don't know how they did it yeah like how, like that's not him because fuck him but like People were so brave. How did they just navigate? They have no idea where they're going. No idea if they know how to get back. They're using like rudimentary shit to figure it out. But they're just like, hmm, wonder what this is. Like, could you imagine the knights being like, where are we? Where are we floating? Are we floating mm-hmm. in the same direction? Unsure. Yeah. Right. And like, do we have, I mean, well, one, they knew more about it than us because they used the stars and all that. But so they knew directions. But 
do I have enough food to cover all the crew? And oh, I don't know. Just thinking about that. Like, and thinking about April's letter where April. she's saying, like, I'm freezing. I'm. St- I was like, wait, she went that owl. That makes no yeah. sense. Yeah. Um, can you see that her head's like all the way? You can barely see uh-huh. her. I know, because that stupid white thing. But she's like all the way. Um, well, I was just thinking about Alice's letter, her saying, you know, like, I'm freezing. I'm starving to death. I'm the last survivor. Like, everyone else has died. Also, with the remains, they said some of them were not able to be identified because, like, the wolf population on the Isle Royale, like, you know, they snacked on them a little bit. And then even we, they don't know if more had made it and they're just completely gone and, you know, dragged off by the wolves and stuff like that. So can you imagine Alice being there and like being alive, being like, I got to get this letter. So some, someone somewhere might find it. Tell my parents like, and she's starving and stuff. My brain Mm -mm. don't work that way. And I can watch alone and be like, y'all should be able to do this. But, like, those people have prepared for that, like, some their whole life and stuff. But these people got shipwrecked. So they didn't have the chance to be like, oh, yeah, let me make sure I get some matches with me so we can start a fire. You know, like they didn't. And even if they did, it wouldn't matter if they had the matches, just for your example, because they got soaking wet. Right. And the blizzard was still going on, you know. So, oh, my God, I just, oh, that makes me so cold. It makes me so sad that they probably thought, okay, if we can just survive the night we'll be fine, you know, but I don't know, to get that far and then die. And I it's know, just, think about ugh. like their, like how long did she survive? I mean, she, she didn't say anything like that to be like, it's been three days. Right. It's been this long. Like, we don't know how long she survived. Yeah. And it's like, like, what were their conversations amongst one another? Like, we can do this. Like, like you said, one more night. Like, okay, I'm going to go look for this. And then they die and the wolves take them. And it's like, well, John never came back. Uh, guess the wolves got him. You know, it's like, yeah. What, like, what were their conversations like to get them through this? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Like, but, but how long can you survive with those temperatures? Because again, I like we know. said, you know, she was cold and wet and then on the island. Hell, they might have only yeah. survived hours. And then you've got the poor, got the guy room. in the engine room going down like the damn captain from the damn Titanic. I know. Oh, don't talk about that part. It always gets me. <sighs> this was sad. I know. <laughs> I know. But I just thought it was so cool because i've been wanting to do a ghost ship and i was gonna do uh queen mary and then i was like you know what i'm gonna save that a little bit longer and i had never heard of this so i don't know i was like find "Mm -hmm." it interesting oh because weekend weird uh it's greg and dana newkirk's website i found it there and then from there like i saw 
other yeah. websites and you know stuff like that but it said old whitey and I was like yeah French you know because again like it's just but then I was like oh wait hold on this is a shipwreck because if you think about it like his body's floating. just there floating in the water and you're like that's his cemetery you know right? and you're like cool brain. cool we're gonna be respectful and like not move him but then like yeah, you can go dive to this ship, but, like, don't mind the body. Yeah. Yeah. And then, if you think about it, like, how I said, how I, like, jokingly said, like, if you wanted to kill someone, do it in cold water so their body wouldn't rise up. Just think about, like, the body. Like, I don't know. Just thinking about anything. That's why I don't do dark water. Any water that I can't see the bottom of, just thinking about, like, what if there is a mm-hmm. dead body just, like, hanging around down there because it sank? I mean, my body wouldn't do that because I have so much fat on me. You know, like, I can't sit on the bottom of a pool without <laughs> my body different. Up, so. <laughs> <laughs> Most people are like, oh, yeah, my boobs are very buoyant in the water. And I'm like, yeah, that's my belly. <laughs> or her bellican, as she calls it, folks. <laughs> I don't know why I call it that, but it cracks me up. I think I've told him that before because I go straight <laughs> to the internet router. <laughs> yeah, Belkin. <laughs> I think I usually call it that when it's messed up. Yeah, like when Belkin's I don't feel good and be like, oh, my I ate too much, hurts. my Belkin. <laughs> so every day we say that. <laughs> every day? <laughs> On a heavy dairy day. On a heavy really dairy sad. day. <laughs> talking about words that i say uh i was watching american ninja warrior and you remember when i used to call like my pile of junk at my mom's house and be like (laughs) you're so weird (laughs) i was like i haven't i haven't called anything that lately Uh. (laughs) you're so weird that's why we love you but you're so weird i know (laughs) oh gosh Well, hopefully y'all like me because I'm weird and all the things, but we really hope that y'all have enjoyed this episode and the audio hasn't been terrible because we have no idea. and all of my shenanigans. I mean, I got on some serious soapbox today, so... But was it Amish? No, because I won't buy it. (laughs) Have you never bought anything Um, from the Amish? I don't think so. I'm not saying that I can't remember something because, you know me, but also, like, I know I've been to some places, but that was before I really started reading books and stuff about how some of the people are treated within the communities, and then that's just when I was like, nope, and then I was like, I mean, how that work? Are they paying taxes on the money I'm giving them and all of that? (laughs) So, I'm just like, I don't, can't do it. (laughs) But I've heard that they're... Like, oh, they're real good. Really good, and I want to try it now. Because you tell me, know? but I'm just saying. <laughs> You're like, oh, yeah, yeah, but real I'm, good. I just can't be. I just oh, can't. Man. You know what? You know, I'm, I know. Just want to taste it one time. I okay, know. I just can't get behind it. I was gonna say, if you're Amish, don't come for me. But you ain't listening to this anyway, so. <laughs> If you are, you're listening yes, in your barn. Next to your phone. <laughs> and you're not supposed to be doing it anyway, so. Uh-huh. Well, thank y'all oh, so much gosh. for supporting us. And um, hopefully y'all enjoyed this. Probably really, I don't even know, but I think a really extra long episode. <laughs> I feel like we've been talking forever. Corey's like, Jesus, y'all shut up. I know. But thank y'all so much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, review, like, 
you know, all the things. And remember, creep it real and and don't don't get get scared. scared.